Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 6, Chapter 4, the Hamsaguya prayers, and this is text 35 to 39. So we'll read the first one of um, text 35. Sri Sukha Uvacha Itistuta Samastuvata Satasmin Agamar Sane Pradurasit Guru Shrestha Bhagavan Bhaktavatsala Sri Sukha Uvacha Itistuta Samastutvata Satasmin Agamar Sane Pradurasit Guru Shrestha Bhagavan Bhaktavatsala So there's quite a few verses here in Sanskrit and um, to expedite it, what I'll do is I'll just read the translation so the word for word is like extremely long so I'll just read the translation. Sukadev Goswami said, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Hari who is extremely affectionate to his devotees was very pleased by the prayers offered by Daksha and thus he appeared at that holy place known as Agamarshana. O Maharaj Pariksit, best of the Kuru dynasty, the Lord's lotus feet rested on the shoulders of his carrier, Garuda, and he appeared with eight long, mighty, very beautiful arms. In his hands he held a disc, conch, sword, shield, arrow, bow, rope, and club. In each hand, a different weapon, all brilliantly shining. His garments were yellow, and his bodily hue was bluish. His eyes and face were very cheerful, and from his neck to his feet hung a long garland of flowers. His chest was decorated with a kastuba jewel and the mark of Srivatsa. On his head was a gorgeous round helmet and his ears were decorated with earrings resembling sharks. All these ornaments were uncommonly beautiful. The Lord wore a golden belt on his waist, bracelets on his arms, rings on his fingers and ankle bells on his feet. Thus decorated by the various ornaments, Lord Hari, who is attractive to all the living entities of the three worlds, is known as Purushottama, the best personality. He was accompanied by great devotees like Narad and Nanda and all the principal demigods led by the heavenly king Indra and the residents of the various upper planetary systems such as Siddhaloka, Gandharvaloka, Karanaloka, Situated on both sides of the Lord and behind him, as well, there were devotees uh, who offered prayers to him continuously. So the next verse, so there's no purport, so I'll just read the next verse as well. Rupatan Maha Ashrayam 
Seeing that wonderful and effulgent form of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Prajapati Daksha, was first somewhat afraid, but then he was very pleased to see the Lord and he fell on the ground like a stick, Dandavats, to offer his respects to the Lord. Again, no purport, so text 41. Translation, as the rivers are filled with water flowing from a mountain, all of Daksha's senses were filled with pleasure because of his highly elevated happiness. Daksha could not say anything but simply remained flat on the ground. Purport by his divine grace, Srila Prabhupada. When one actually realizes or sees the Supreme Personality of Godhead, he is filled with complete happiness. For example, when Dhruva Maharaj saw the Lord in his presence, he said, Swamin Kritato Smi Vadam Nat Yache. My dear Lord, I have nothing to ask from you. Now I am completely satisfied. Similarly, when Prajapati Daksha saw the Supreme Lord in his presence, he simply fell flat unable to speak or ask him for anything. Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunichananda Shri Advaita Gadathara Shivasati Gora Bhaktavrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So this is a, an incident in the Srimad Bhagavatam of a well, overwhelming beauty of the Supreme Lord. The Lord is so beautiful that it completely enveloped this person and was just completely in awe and overcome by beauty. Uh, as it said here, uh, thus decorated with various ornaments, Lord Hari, who is attractive to all living entities of the three world, is known as Purushottama, the best personality. Krishna, the Supreme Lord, is the best personality. Hari Krishna, come in. Prajapati Daksha, on seeing the Lord as stated, was a little afraid at first, when he uh, and he fell before he fell down like a stick, right? So sometimes, you know, when you are struck with something really, really beautiful, uh, it sometimes can affect you to such an extent where you feel a little bit afraid of it. Like if you see a panoramic vista, sometimes you know, like something so beautiful that it sometimes overpowers you. You actually feel a little bit afraid. As an artist sometimes, and maybe Zach, you can relate to this, sometimes when you see a work of art that you've been studying for a long time, uh, and then you see it actually in, in the flesh, so to speak, uh, it sometimes can be a little daunting, like, wow, should I be seeing this? It's so beautiful. I had that experience sometimes. Uh, as you know, I, I like painting, I like art. And we had an opportunity to see a work that I always really wanted to see was uh, Jackson Pollock's Blue Poles. And when I saw it for the first time, it was just like, <gasps> and you sort of hold your breath, you know? It's just, so that's that feeling on a very minor scale. But if you can 
up the grade a little bit to the supreme personality of Godhead, you will be a little bit afraid, but then in the same token, it's, it's a wonderful experience. You'll be overcome by the Lord's effulgence, just overcome by his beauty. So in the class yesterday, Prana Prabhu was mentioning how in the Nectar of Devotion, uh, service, the service that we do, it states that some of us may have had some exposure to Krishna consciousness in a previous life. And so thereby, hence, attraction to the Lord becomes very easy, you know. And sometimes it's amazing how that happens to people. You know, you see people coming to Krishna consciousness for the first time and they're so blown out by the deities, you know, blown out by Krishna, and they all of a sudden become devotees. That happened also to me when I first personally came to Krishna consciousness. Um, I was perplexed uh, by understanding what God looked like because in the tradition that I, was, I grew up in, it was never explained how God was beautiful. They couldn't explain to me what does God look like, you know? And so I was always perplexed as to, well, what does God look like? And again, from my studies at college, uh, I, I learnt of Michelangelo. Michelangelo was a great painter in the Renaissance era, and he was asked by the Pope, everybody know Michelangelo? You know the Sistine Chapel? And the Sistine Chapel is actually, there's an exhibition of the Sistine Chapel in Melbourne at the moment, isn't there? This 3D sort of... Anyway, in, the cha in that chapel, uh, the Pope asked Michelangelo to paint God. And that's that famous picture where you see the two hands like that, you know. So Michelangelo had no idea. He was thinking he was very perplexed. Well, how the heck do I, how the heck do I paint God? Well, he's the oldest of the oldest, so he must be an old man. So he paints this old man with a beard, a very beautiful old man, but an old man. There's nothing too attractive about an old man, although Mahatma is, is the exception, and so am I, actually. <laughs> but uh, so, you know, it was really perplexing for me because I wanted to find out what God looked like, you know. So anyway, one day, by Krishna's mercy, I had an opportunity to come to the Hare Krishna temple. And this was the day of Jul and Yatra. Uh, there's a picture of me, actually, and Sanghanath is there as well. I had a beard and long hair and everything. And I was here for the first time, and really, the first time I walked into this temple room, I thought I was moving into a kung fu set. I just, I just thought, wow, this is so exotic. Anyway, I thought, this is really great. And then the first time I had an opportunity, it was Yulanyatra. So the little deities of Radha and Krishna were on, you know how, on this beautiful swing, decorated so beautifully and they said here Bert you have to swing the deities and I thought wow this is pretty far out you know so I started swinging the deities and little Radharani captivated me her eyes and I was mesmerized by her beauty the beauty of this deity and I looked in her eyes and I just couldn't stop looking in her eyes as I was swinging backward and forward and then I think one of the devotees said, uh, Bhakta, I think you should give other people a bit of a go, you know, <laughs> and move me from it. But the thing was, it was so captivating, the beauty for the first time I started to realize how beautiful God really is, you know. So I was, I was captivated. Um, and I guess in that moment, in that brief moment that I had that, that 
connection with Krishna and first appreciating the beauty of Krishna, it purified me. As Prana was mentioning yesterday, it developed that punya, you know, that auspiciousness, that piousness to be able to continue on. So when we appreciate Krishna's beauty, then we continue on in our Krishna consciousness. And uh, that cleansing then takes place by first seeing the Lord. So in my service, uh, as you know, I do a lot of service, interfaith service, working with other faith traditions and so on and so forth. In my service, there are these different places of worship. And when you enter a church, I don't know if any of you have enter, ever entered a cathedral or a really beautiful place of worship. There's definitely pious activities there. Actually, Srila Prabhupada is just reading recently when he was considering uh, what, um, what Mayapur should look like, he took the devotees to uh, Westminster Cathedral in, in England. And he, he was admiring how the architecture and everything was and he was telling the devotees, this is how we want Mayapur. He was also extremely happy because at Westminster Cathedral they have um, the graves of people like the kings and everything, but also Darwin's grave is there. And Prabhupada was very, very pleased to walk over Darwin's grave. He said, I'm very pleased to walk over Darwin's grave. Anyway, the whole thing was that he wanted something very, very beautiful, very grand. So when, you go to, when I go to these different places of worship, yeah, there's definitely piety there. There's definitely punya. You know, people are, are very respectful. But in the same token, it's limited. You know, it's not complete. So sometimes we may go to the various uh, Hindu temples. Again, a lot of my friends, you know, invite me to the different Hindu temples. And again, they're very, very beautiful. Uh, when you go to the Durga temple in, uh, in uh, the western suburbs, again, very beautiful. They present all the deities very beautifully. But there's just something missing, you know, and that is the beauty of Krishna, being the central feature of that temple. So even in uh, our neophyte position, even in our neophyte level of Krishna consciousness, sometime we're fortunate to get a glimpse of Krishna's beauty. Like I was very fortunate to get that first little glance of Radharani, which stimulated my involvement in Krishna consciousness. So it's an overwhelming thing when you get the glance of, of uh, and get an overwhelming understanding of the beauty of Krishna. So in particular, if one gets an opportunity to perform some deity worship. Now all of you are aspiring devotees and there's only so much deity worship that can be done, but if you can ever possibly do some deity worship for these absolutely stunning deities, in the world we have so many, so many, many, so many deities, but Radha Balaba are just so special. Gornitai is so special and Jagannath is so special. You know, and if you can ever, ever get the smallest amount of service to these deities, and in particular if you can somehow or other weasel your way in there to do some deity worship, then you'll actually experience some wonderful interactions between the deity and yourself. And it's not a mundane thing. When you're addressing the deities, actually it is such a, an extraordinary 
thing that happens. You know, you're addressing the deities and then at certain times, it doesn't happen all the times, but at certain times you look up and my, my service for a long time was serving Gornitai. And every time I see Gornitai, I remember that. When I was doing service and I was putting the dhoti on and the chatter on and the jewelry, and then just by chance, you just happen to look up in Gornitai's eyes and <laughs> this beauty, Gornitai's there and gone. You know, just that brief thing it's just so enticing, so beautiful, so attractive to keep you going, to keep you on the path of Krishna consciousness. Similarly, and this is why we encourage people to have home deities, Gornitai deities or little deities at home, because the same thing can happen at home. You know, sometimes you're doing an offering and it's all rush, 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 oh, I've got the kids, kids, kids off to school or something, you know, and you get a plate of prasadam, a boga for ready for the Lord and you're offering to the Lord and you say the prayers, ding, 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 you know. And it's sort of mechanical. But then all of a sudden you look up and Krishna's looking at you and you've never seen Krishna look quite like that. You think, wow, you are beautiful. You know, and sometimes it's even to the point where I've, I've got to grab my camera. You just look so good, you know. So Krishna is, is absolutely wonderful like that. And this is the beauty of Krishna consciousness, that even in our homes, we can have that experience of, of, of appreciating Krishna's beauty. So in this verse, it was also mentioned that here the Lord Hari was accompanied by his great associates. Uh, Narad Muni was there, Nanda was there, and the king of heaven, Indra, they were all there and they accompanied the great devotees, accompanied by great devotees. So similarly, because of their closeness to the Lord, they also are beautiful, are, are absolutely stunning. Their effulgence is, is amazing. So recently, I've been, as I said the last time I give class, I, Bhakti and I are really into at the moment listening to the pastimes, the remembrances of the early devotees of Srila Prabhupada, you know? And one of the things which uh, remarkably a lot of people always stress was when they first met Srila Prabhupada, how effulgent he was. How effulgent, how he glowed. You know, so I, this, this is one example that I wanted to write down, and this is a devotee. Uh, this is Chattamukya Swami, and, he, and so he says, and I quote, First time we saw Srila Prabhupada, he was getting out of a car to go into his quarters. His effulgence seemed to fill the whole street. This is how powerful he was. Everybody, everybody could, couldn't help but have tears in their eyes. So this is, again, this fear and emotion. Uh, Prabhupada was not only effulgent, but also his love for Krishna was contagious. You could feel the love that he had for Krishna. And we all got a glimpse of his ecstasy just by being with him. So that, that, that beauty that he experiences, that connection that he experiences with Krishna is contagious and it can rub off on us. There are many accounts when you hear of the pastimes of the devotees with Prabhupada of things like that from his disciples. 
So the association of one who is cent per cent surrendered to that beautiful form of the Lord, one is able to get a glimpse of her, his and her ecstasy. So it's like when you're close to those people, and we have it here also when the great Vaishnavas come, there's something special about them. There's some aura about them. You know, when David Marita Maharaj comes or Vedavyas Priya Maharaj, there's something. Because they're such dear devotees of the Lord, or Kadamba Kanana Maharaj, there's an, a, an electricity about them. So I've always been interested in this, and uh, sometimes you may have heard about auras, you know, that people have auras. Well, scientists completely debunk that. They say that actually um, the ability to see, see auras actually doesn't exist. So. When you refer to the Vedas, the Vedas actually say, yeah, however it does. And this is a quote from the Vedas. Aura is a person's spiritual signature. You know how sometimes you can meet somebody and you think, what's wrong with that person? You know, there's sort of this like darkness and you can't really see them, especially people that are intoxicated or smoke or you know, a really heavy meat-eating person, you know, or a sinful person. There's something, there's no clarity. When I sit here in front of you all, every one of you is clear because you're a devotee. And you see also with the children, our children, our Krishna conscious children, their clarity is amazing. Their auras are amazing, the clarity. So this is what they said. Uh, aura is a person's spiritual signature. Advanced spiritual persons have an intense ambient aura. Its vibration spreads in the vicinity and enriches the environment around with spiritual power. This is the reason we feel immensely happy, soulless and blessed in that environment. Every individual has an aura, but its intensity and radiation differs according to the spiritual elevation of a person. So that's, that's that, gener that energy. So what, what you can imagine is the Lord's energy as Daksha is experiencing here. No wonder he's a little bit afraid. It's just like, whoa, just overwhelmingly beautiful. So in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it's also mentioned there, and this is the pastimes of King Pataparudra. King Pataparudra states, upon seeing all these devotees, this was at time through the Chaitanya Charitamrita, Upon seeing these devotees, I'm very much astonished, for I have never seen such an effulgence. Indeed, their effulgence is like the brilliance of a million suns, nor have I ever heard the Lord's holy name chanted so melodiously. So again, you know, this was the first time he had that glimpse of the devotees. And when I read that, that passage, it reminded me of a time that we did Harinam in the city. And we had this very big festival and all the devotees from all over Australia came and there were something like 300 devotees here in Melbourne Temple at the one time. So we, had a, we decided to have a Harinam party and everybody was exuberant and fired up, you know, because there were so many devotees and we were going to go to Melbourne in the centre and have a 300-person Harinam Kirtan. So it was decided that we split up into three different groups of 100, right? So generally we have a Harinam as maybe 20 people or something, 10, 15. This was 100 each, right? So you take that side of the city, you take that side of the city, and you take that side of the city. 
So there was this tumultuous chanting. You know, the wampas were going and everything. And people in the city were actually completely frightened. The little old ladies, I remember one old lady and her husband walking down the street, you know, and all of a sudden this herd of a hundred devotees, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. <laughs> then they turn around another corner, Hare Krishna. <laughs> they were completely frightened. Sort of a different fright, you know, but the point was that that was such a beautiful thing. So here we see that King Pataparuta was also mesmerized by the effulgence of the devotees. De de yes, Prabhu? How many of that? Huh? Oh, 1980, 1980. So yeah, so such symptoms of a pure devotee when they are chanting, they, they, this is the symptoms of a devotee. All pure devotees are as bright as sunshine, bright as sunshine, and their bodily luster is very effulgent. So you can see that it, when we meet our friends, our God brothers and sisters, you know, there's an effulgence about them. If a devotee sticks strictly to the principles governing Vaishnava behavior, his or her body, bodily luster will naturally be attractive. And sometimes you can even pick it when there's a little bit of difficulty in a devotee's life. Have you noticed that? When there's a little difficulty, what's up with you? You can't really pick it, but there's like a, a bit of dullness about them. Ah, okay. How's your sadhana going? Well, you know. Oh, I see. So... Actually, it was interesting the other day. And, you know, actually people notice it. When, when we used to do Sankirtan, and, and nobody knew that we were Hare Krishnas. We were doing different paraphernalia sales, right, to make, generate Lakshmi for the temple. And we used to dress up in Western clothes, and even though we were shaved heads, at that stage everybody had a shaved head. And so we used to wear these wigs, right? So, oh, they were horrible. Anyway, we had these horrible, cruddy-looking wigs on, and we would go out and do sales. But people would say, God, you're a bright personality, you know? So there was something about the devotees. They could always tell there was something different about the devotees, and that was that effulgence. So yesterday, just during the week also, we had a program here at the temple where 50 uh, young uh, schoolgirls came. And they were having a, an experience, a religious experience, experiencing different faith traditions. And they're accompanied by different teachers. And, uh, and they were really impressed by the temple. But the teachers later on, Madhu Manjari was the lady that gave the talk to these girls. And later they came up to me and said, that lady had such a wonderful aura. And I thought, wow, just see, you know. It's, people really appreciate that. So back to the purport, Srila Prabhupada's purport, when one actually realizes or sees the Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, they are filled with complete happiness. Once we see Krishna, you're completely filled with happiness. Even if you get a little glimpse of Krishna, it just fills you with happiness. If you chant your rounds really diligently, Krishna comes in your mind sometime, you know? And it can, it can happen very, very frequently, in my case anyway, <laughs> and you can chant and then all of a sudden, wow, was that Krishna? You know, and it's just like, and that's enough to keep you going. So, you know, uh, it, it fills you with complete happiness. Krishna is so happy. 
to, to do that also. It's mentioned further that uh, in the purport that Dhruva Maharaj saw the Lord's presence and he said, Swamim Kritado Smi Varam Na Yache. My dear Lord, I have nothing to ask from you. Now I'm completely satisfied. And that's it. Once you see Krishna, to hell with everything else. I don't need anything more but your beauty to be with me all the time. We don't need anything except for Krishna. Similarly, Prajapati Daksha saw the Supreme Lord in his presence and he fell flat, unable to speak or ask for anything. So this is, once we see Krishna, there's just no, no turning back. So in the Bhagavad Gita, it said, Manmana bhava mad bhakto majaji mam namaskuru mami vaisheshi yuktvedvam atmanam mat parajanaha Engage your mind always in thinking of me, becoming my devotee, offering obeisances unto me and worship me, being completely absorbed in me, surely you will come to me. So it is our duty for the aspiring devotee to be completely absorbed in Krishna consciousness, to be completely absorbed in Krishna, just saturate oneself with Krishna. Now how do we become totally absorbed? This is the problem. How do we do that? And one should engage one's mind in the eternal form of the Lord, the primeval form of Krishna, with conviction in his heart that Krishna is the supreme and he should engage himself in worship. So this is the process of Krishna consciousness. We should just 100% throw ourselves into this uh, process of Krishna consciousness, always hearing and chanting the holy name, reading about his pastime, serving one another, and when one is fully engaged, then similar to Daksha, one should offer one's de- uh, pranams to the deity of the Lord and engage his mind fully in every activity that we do in the service of the Lord. This makes one fully absorbed and one uh, starts to fall in love with Krishna. And love is the thing that the Mayavadis just can't grasp. You know, in the previous verse it was discussed how uh, the imp- impersonalist has this concept of merging with the Supreme Lord. But what's the point of that? You know, how can you love an empty room? How can you love a, a void? You can't. But in Krishna consciousness, we have this most beautiful personality that we can fall in love with. Not material love, but spiritual love. And it's reciprocating, a reciprocative. Krishna uh, reciprocates that loving relationship with you. Each and every one of us personally, he reciprocates. So once you cultivate this Krishna consciousness continuously, and we have to learn from a bona fide spiritual master, once we get a little bit of attraction, then we have to learn from the bona fide spiritual master and understand that we're not these material bodies, we're actually a spirit soul, and he is the Lord of all. This kind of talk about Krishna will help one become a better and better devotee, just constantly having that. Otherwise, the understanding of Krishna from a wrong source will prove fruitless. It's absolutely fruitless. So, recently I had another opportunity to be part of an interfaith online seminar. It was really interesting. Uh, Through these interfaith programs, they have these different dialogues with different faith traditions. This is really a, a, a very important thing in our society that the different faith traditions come together. And those activities are very pious and they lead to communication with one another, appreciation of one another's faith tradition. It, it breaks down stereotypes, it breaks down negativity.
crisis that is in the Ukraine with Russia at the moment, and the devotees are rendering such amazing service uh, for the refugees from Ukraine. Uh, pretty well every night for the last two weeks, uh, we've been having communications meetings with the international communications team and trying to coordinate how we can best serve the devotees that are trapped in the Ukraine. And a lot of them are suffering like anything, unfortunately. It is minus five degrees, uh, you know. Uh, there's no heating. There, it, it is an absolutely shocking situation. But the devotees in both Hungary, Poland, Romania, Germany, all the European countries are all, uh, UK even, are sending teams of devotees to help those people that manage to get out and feed them and look after them. So philanthropic work is also our... And not only the devotees, but they're feeding everybody, you know. Thousands and thousands of meals, hot meals are going out to these people that haven't eaten for a couple of days. They've just been on the road walking to cross the border. So the devotees are doing this philanthropic work, which is amazing. And if anybody's interested, and I, this is just a little plug, but if anybody's interested in donating to this cause, uh, to the European communi ISCON communications team, the details are on the ISCON newsletter site. So if you go to that, there's details there and, and you can offer a contribution. Uh, America just gave $20,000 to help all the combined devotees gave $20,000 to help that, that, uh, uh, that mission. So it's really, really uh, a, a horrible situation that these devotees find themselves in. So, hmm? Yeah, yeah. Oh, if you just type in Google ISKCON News, Hare Krishna News, it'll come up. So. And also we're trying to arrange something from here also. So, so you know, we're not uh, averse to doing philanthropic work. We have our Food for Life programs here even. You know, when the uh, pandemic was on, we distributed thousands and thousands of plate of prasadam to people in need. But the thing that these different faith traditions forgot was the one thing and that's God. You know, how can we, what more can a religion do to serve the world? Well, we know from a God conscious and a Krishna conscious point of view, give people some idea of who God is. They have no idea who God is. And consequently, they don't understand that God is the proprietor of everything. That God created it, creates everything. You know, like even some of our Hindu friends, they say, Vasudeva Kutumbakam. You know, that we're all one family. Whenever you go to one of these functions, oh yes, Vasudeva Kutumbakam. You know, we, we're all one family. But then who's the head of the family? Where's the father? Where's the father? Where's the mother? That's Krishna. That's God. So, uh, this was a really a, a, a funny thing. So, but not one faith when we had this seminar actually brought this point up. You know, none of them thought, well, if we could know God more, that would be the best thing for people of this world. That would make the world a better th place because we understand from Scripture, even you see God just a little bit, like Daksha was seeing God, just so beautiful. So none of them thought this, understanding that he is the proprietor of all things. And unless one comes to this understanding, he can never be happy and there can never be peace. So if you're looking for peace, if you're looking for tranquility, unless we actually develop this understanding that God is the proprietor of everything and that we are simply his servants, 
There's no way that there will ever be peace on this world. And this is what Prabhupada also uh, enunciated during the time of the Vietnam War. Hey, 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 Prabhu, stop him from scratching against the paintwork. The devotees have spent a lot of time painting this beautiful temple room again. We don't need scratches on the wall. So, um, you know, Prabhupada developed this peace formula and they distributed that at the United Nations. And again, it was stating quite clearly that God is the supreme controller and that we have to work under his direction. So when I pointed this out in my presentation, it basically fell on deaf ears. You know, no one commented on it, no one said anything, and they went straight back to, yeah, we have to do more in the refugee situation. There are all these refugees caught up in a hotel in Carlton. We have to do something for them and we have to do over here. They missed the point. All we have to do is develop our love for God. So we're in such a fortunate position as Vaishnavas, as followers of the, this tradition of Vedic culture, uh, by the grace of Srila Prabhupada that we have this understanding that God is everything and when we dedicate our lives to his service, that will actually bring us the greatest, greatest joy and also the greatest thing for humanity. And unless... At this time of humanity also we take seriously to understanding this. The society is heading to a horrible conclusion, unfortunately. We know that Kali Yuga is coming, or Kali Yuga is here, but you know, there are some incredible uh, things that are currently happening that are, are dis, uh, disheartening. It is our duty as devotees in all our fields of life that we somehow or other give people a glimpse of the beauty of Krishna. However we can do that, however we can do that, if we can invite people to our home, uh, you know, to just see your home deities or invite people to the temple to see the beautiful display of Radha Balabhagorni Thai and Jagannath, you know, that, that, that's what we have to do as, a, as our representatives of Krishna. If we don't do it, we don't have to look too far in today's society uh, to see the influence of the demoniac uh, personalities that are currently uh, having a lot of uh, traction in the world today. You just have to do a little bit of research to find out how demoniac society is, is becoming. Um, just recently I had an opportunity to watch quite publicly this personality uh, say that uh, at one stage humanity thought that they were under the control of God, some divine being, but now we control humanity. They actually openly said that we control humanity through various means, uh, through surveillance and genetic modification. They're developing all these different techniques now whereby they have you. And they say, you no longer need God, we are the controllers. So this is the demoniac society that our kids are going to grow up in. So we have to be really, really serious to counteract that. And we can if we become really intensely focused on our sadhana and our Krishna consciousness, following the nine processes of devotional service, especially chanting and hearing, that, that will change everything. That can change everything. We have to have faith in Krishna that 
uh, Krishna can defeat all demons. Have faith in that. But also, don't be naive to think that there is no demoniac forces in the world today. There are. A pure devotional service is the highest achievement of human society, and that's what we have to present to people. And the Krishna consciousness philosophy, the Krish, every aspect of Krishna consciousness that Srila Prabhupada has given to us is, is, uh, can save humanity. He so often said, I've come to save humanity. You know, I have come to give this Krishna consciousness to save humanity. And so this is our duty now as followers of Srila Prabhupada. And um, one man's teachings can change the world. Actually, in my previous years, I used to study different faith traditions. And in the Christian tradition, one person changed the whole of Christianity. His name is so-called Saint Augustine. And this one personality, prior to his being an influence on society, uh, changed people's belief in understanding that there is no reincarnation, that animals have, don't have a soul, and that we can slaughter and kill animals because they are meant for our satisfaction. So there's a tenet of Christianity, very powerful thing. So his teachings, this one man, this one teaching, was able to change the whole of the faith tradition. In the same token, this one man, Srila Prabhupada, can again change society to a Krishna conscious society. And he said that. My books will be the law books for the next 10,000 years. This is Prabhupada. And this is the case. But it's how, and they will be, whether we are part of it or we're not part of it. Just like he said, like Krishna said to Arjuna, you can fight, and that's great, you'll get all the accolades for fighting, or you cannot fight, but this is happening. So in the same way, this demoniac force that's present in the world today will continue on, but somehow or other Krishna consciousness will counteract it. Because this is predicted. For the next 10,000 years, there will be a Satya Yuga, a bubble in the Kali Yuga, an age of enlightenment, an age of pure Krishna consciousness, where people will interrelate with one another, understanding the beauty of Krishna. So this is there. And similarly, Prabhupada stated that, that his books will change and be the law books for the next 10,000 years. But it's up to us. It was interesting this week, we were just uh, having a discussion about uh, being a Prabhupada disciple. You know, who is a Prabhupada disciple? And we have those fortunate souls that had that association with Prabhupada and took Diksha initiation from Srila Prabhupada. Very, very advanced devotees, very powerful personalities. But in fact, we are all Prabhupada's disciples. We all have taken Prabhupada's Shiksha uh, initiation, in a sense. Shiksha instruction. And Prabhupada's Shiksha instruction is so important to all of us. So we're all sons and daughters of Prabhupada. And so we should be really uh, ready to execute the emergency uh, that is necessary. Is ISKCON has such an influence on society. Just amazing how, how powerful the Hare Krishna movement is. And it's becoming more and more and more powerful. You know that in the Ukraine itself, uh, you know, this country which is go undergoing so much trauma at the moment, there are over 15 uh, different temples and centers. There's 54 centers, but there's 15 different temples. 
So we think we're pretty good here in Australia having five or six temples. But over there, that they've got initiated devotees, I think something in the vicinity of about huh? three or 4,000, isn't it? Yeah, initiated devotees. So this is just in the Ukraine. So in, in, in uh, Eastern Europe, th there's a real powerful drive for Krishna consciousness. So we should be really uh, taking heed of that. The other thing I wanted to mention was just to show the potency of the Lord and the potency of the devotees. I want to relate one Sankirtan story, which is just amazing. I heard that this, this week. You know, you listen to the Sankirtan stories, they just they fill you with hope and they fill you with ecstasy, actually, to see how wonderful the devotees are. There was this uh, party of book distributors in America and uh, really team of young brahmacharis, you know, just as our brahmacharis, they're out there doing prasadam distribution at the moment, you know. Um, a group of brahmacharis and they were in a van and they were, they were asleep in the van. I don't know if somebody might have seen this on, on Dundavans. So far out. So anyway, they were asleep in the van and all of a sudden, all these alarms, police had surrounded the van. Well, you know, with spotlights and everything and sirens wailing and everything. And, Come out of the van with your hands up. You're right. So what the hell is going on here? So the devotees, the brahmacharis, they pile out of the van in their gumptures, right? <laughs> And, and, and the police still insisted on, on patting them down, searching, you know. You know how they do that? Arms up against the wall and they go like this. They only had their gumptures on, you know, but anyway. So, um, so they said, uh, what's going on, you know, what's going on? And then one of the head uh, police said, who are you people, you know? And they said, well, we're Hare Krishnas. What are you doing? What have you got in the van, you know? And said, well, we've got books in the van. So this one cop turned around and he said, Oh, I know you guys. You're the Haris. I used to take prasadam at your centre so long ago. You're really good guys. You know, I think I went through university because of you fellows. You know, you used to provide meals. And their books are fantastic. You know, so he said, all of you should actually buy a book. You know, <laughs> so, so they got to buy, sell books. They sold $800 worth of books to these cops and they all went off. So this is the potency of Krishna consciousness, you know. This is the potency of distributing books, prasadam distribution. This is our duty. To counteract the negative influences, we have to give beauty of Krishna consciousness. The Lord is beautiful, but his books about him are also beautiful. The prasadam that's offered to him is beautiful. His associates and devotees are beautiful. We have to give that to other people. And when we give that to other people, this world will change around. And all these demoniac forces that think we have control of you now. To hell with them. And that's literally to hell with them. Because we will actually overpower this nonsense just by our love for Krishna. We don't have to do anything else. We don't have to be political. We don't have to get involved in politics. We don't have, we're just a friend to everyone. You know? And we just give Krishna consciousness to each and every person we come in contact with. So often people say... Bhakta, whose side are you on, the Liberals or the Labour Party? You know, because I have friends in the Labour Party and I have friends in the Liberal Party. Like, you know, Matthew Guy comes here, oh, Bhakta, how are you? Oh, Aniruddha, how are you? Then I see Daniel Andrews somewhere, oh, Bhakta, how are you? Oh, Sri Ram, how are you? You know, So we don't care for politics. We simply care for encouraging people 
and turning people on to Krishna, making them enlivened in spirituality, that this is the only way that this world will be saved. And I, I honestly sometimes feel that it's healthy to actually have a look and see what, what the demoniac forces are planning and then see, okay, we can counteract that. And that, that gives you a seriousness about your own sadhana because all of us can be a little lackadaisical at times in our spiritual life. Oh, yeah, I'm chanting my rounds, I'm coming to the temple. But we should somehow or other make it a point, how can I, best, how can I influence my friends? You know, How can I give uh, my, my friends an opportunity to experience the beauty of Krishna? You know? And that could be just you have a picture of Krishna on your desk at work or you, you know, somehow or other give that beauty. Like at the moment I'm doing a painting, uh, as you know I'm doing the Bhagavad Gita paintings and this one part is Krishna in the corner and I'm painting Krishna. And it's such a joy, you know, it's like, wow, he's lotus eyes and you just want to have it just so perfect, you know. And Bhakti Devi also, you know, she does uh, the, the, the deities. She paints some of the deities for the devotees, you know. And the, the detail that she goes into to actually have it just right. And then when they're just right, they wow, they look so beautiful, isn't it? And then uh, people who she's done the deities for, when they haven't seen their deities for a while and you see the fresh, painted, beautiful, de oh, again that, you know. And sometimes it's so intense and we're waiting for that day that it'd be so intense like Daksha, we see that beauty of Krishna and we just go, oh, and fall like a stick to the ground. So this is Krishna consciousness. We're all very, very fortunate. We're all incredibly fortunate. So I'll stop here. Is there any comments or questions at all, Prabhu? Yes, Prabhu. Oh, yeah. Oh, they were amazing. Yeah, that was interesting. I, you, some of you probably knew this, but there was Ash, uh, what was it? Uh, it was a, huh? Black Saturday. Black Saturday. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, the fires, I'll, I'll just repeat it for those people that didn't know about this. The fires in the Winchelsea area, no, Winchels, what is it? King Lake, King Lake area. In that area, there are a lot of hippie-type people that are vegetarians, right? So the army was called in to provide meals for those people in King Lake. But a lot of the people were saying, I can't eat what you're offering me because I'm a vegetarian. So then the commander of the army rang up the temple and said, hey, you guys are vegetarians, aren't you? He said, yeah. Would you be able to come down to King Lake where the forest fires are and provide prasadam a meal for these people because we can't feed them and I don't know how to cook vegetarian so I said yeah sure we can <laughs> so we got a van loaded Ganesha Mudra cooked up a big meal and we had all different prasadam and uh, we were in this tent alongside the army on one side and the devotees on the other side so the non-veg went over there and the veg went over here you know and uh, the, the uh, major that was there the army general or whatever he was said, you have your uniforms and we have our uniforms. I said, that's right. So the people were so appreciative, you know, that they turned around and said, wow, the Hare Krishnas are here and they've got Papadoms and Holva. You know? <laughs> it was like, they were completely blown out. So yeah, people...
People appreciate the Hare Krishnas. Don't ever be in, in a mind thinking that, oh, we're some group. We're a very powerful group. And we're powerful because we put God first. In the true sense, in God we trust. You know, we put God first. So in every, any aspect in our life, even you young kids, you know, somehow or other, you have to show beauty, the beauty of Krishna, to your classmates and to your friends that are not necessarily devotees. Somehow or other, either give them a gulab jaman or something, you know, that they appreciate Krishna. Because there's beauty in the prasadam, beauty in the books, beauty in the pictures, beauty in the deity, beauty in every part of Krishna consciousness is beautiful. Any other comments or questions? Yes, Bucky. Oh, why have we got a long weekend this weekend? Huh? Huh? Labor Day. What do they do on Monday? Do you remember Mahatma? Yes. Huh? What do they do? It's the parade, the Moomba parade. I mentioned it last time. Uh, we used to be an entrant in the Moomba parade. And uh, we used to build these incredible floats, beautiful floats of Mahavishnu and Bhagavad Gita and Krishna, Radha and Krishna, and there'd be this beautiful float floating down the middle of Swanson Street, because I used to do it in the middle of Swanson Street. And uh, people were so appreciative, so appreciative. It's a pity we're not doing that anymore, because it was just such powerful preaching. It changed people's opinion. The first time we did it, people were like, it's the Hare Krishnas. The second year they went, wow, that's, that's pretty good, you know. And the last one we did where we won prizes also, you know, they had their hands up and said, Hare Krishna! <laughs> so people appreciate the devotees. We have to be mindful of that. Any other comments or questions at all? Yes, Mataji. Is that this week? Oh, what are you doing in Ballarat? Wow, far out, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can, absolutely. Very good. Oh, if you can have it, Ballarat's a wonderful town. It's actually a very pious town. You notice in the country towns, they're appreciative of Krishna consciousness. One year, they weren't so appreciative. We, you know, we have the Bendigo Festival as well, right? We, we're also doing Harinam there. The first time we did that one, there, were, uh, there was a Christian group as well, and they actually had a, a, literally a lion in a cage, right? And some of the Christians were saying, we should feed you guys to the lion, you know? <laughs> because they thought we were, I don't know what they thought we were, but anyway, yeah. But that's great. Matsya, that's fantastic. Hurry Nam anywhere is fantastic. We should be doing more. Yes, Prabhu? Hari Bhu. Can you repeat that? Say it again. She said that uh, once you go back to God, yeah. uh, back to Krishna Lokta, yeah. so how we are going to react? Are we going to say it? Probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. But then Krishna will pick us up. Oh, come on. Here we go. And I'll give you a big hug here. <laughs> oh, not again, you know. <laughs> 
It was really interesting that you mentioned that. This was a discussion this week. We were talking about, you know, some devotees have been in Krishna consciousness for a long time. And you know how in a business setting sometimes after you've served for 50 years you get a gold watch? You know? Oh, let's get it. You get it. You've been working for this company so diligently, we'll give you a gold watch. So there has been some sort of thought that, and this is good, that we give some appreciation to those devotees that have been in the movement for a long time. Absolutely great. But like you, the real prize comes, the real gold watch comes, the real medallion comes at the end of your life. If you've diligently tried the best you can to bring Krishna consciousness to people, to give people an opportunity to love Krishna, to appreciate his beauty, right? At the end of your life, First of all, you'll meet Srila Prabhupada and Prabhupada will say, wow, my dear girl, you've done such nice service for me. He'll shake your hand, give you a hug, give you a big smile. You fall down on the ground <laughs> in ecstasy, right? Then you pick yourself up and then Prabhupada says, oh, by the way, I'd like to introduce you to Krishna. Krishna, this is, you know, and then you see Krishna and you go, oh, my God, boom, boom, fall again, again. And then you go with Krishna. Come on, let's go and play in the fields with Krishna. And then it's all over. You'll just be with Krishna eternally. Each and every one of us will be with Krishna eternally. That's what we're striving for. To be in that beautiful association forever. Never ever coming back to this material world of suffering. Is that okay? You'll be there and we'll see each other. Ah, I remember you asked that question. Remember, here's Krishna now. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, Mataji. Thanks for, thanks for the wonderful talk. I have a question in regards to the aura that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, so there is a scientific aspect that they don't agree with that there is something like that. Yeah. And then we have, you know, Prabhupada being such a, you know, such a, such an exalted personality that personality definitely doesn't seem to see that. Mm. And then there is uh, also people like Hussein Mott, for example. Yeah. Right. Well, fame is a different sort of thing, you know. There's material fame and there's spiritual fame, right? So Shane Warne and, and his life, actually, you know, he, he had a special gift. He's not, a, he's not just a, a a, a, an everyday human being. He was endowed due to his karma with, a, a, with an exceptional gift, as there are many, many people in the world that have exceptional gifts. And so this person, due to his karma, was able to spin this little ball in a particular way that it got people out, right, in, in, the cri in cricket. So he became famous for that. That was his karma. So in a sense, he already accumulated quite a lot of piety. And he was very rich uh, because of that, that technique and that thing that he had. And you have other people in the world today. You know, you have movie stars that just somehow or other they've got this attraction, you know, and they're very popular. And so, but the difference is, is that Prabhupada's popularity is from the spiritual basis. And that sometimes is hard for people to fathom unless they are also spiritually 
connected, do you know, so they can appreciate. But even a non-devotee, when they met Prabhupada, and there are many, many instances, if you listen to the different uh, descriptions that these early devotees give, uh, many, many uh, non that never became Krishna conscious were just in awe of how powerful this little man, because he was nothing, but he was only a very short person, very short personality, that what power he exuded. So there's a spiritual power and there's material power, you know. And so karmically, Shane Warne had great power. Uh, other individuals also, but that's material. Prabhupada had spiritual power. You know, like in one instant, um, just recently I was listening to a remembrance by Achutananda Prabhu, who used to be Achutananda Swami. And he was saying that at one stage Prabhupada, um, before he even moved to, uh, well he was in America, he just arrived in America, and he met somebody, and this person who had some attraction for him, just a normal everyday person, was asking about Prabhupada's, what, what, do, you, what do you intend to do? And Prabhupada said, oh, uh, I have already many, many temples all around the world, there are hundreds of devotees, no, he actually said, there are thousands of devotees and there's even one very, very famous singer chanting Hare Krishna. This was before anybody knew who Prabhupada was. So Prabhupada is amazing and so people appreciate that. But sometimes, you know, even if a person is very covered, they can't see that either, you know. Some people had the opportunity to see Prabhupada and they didn't, well, yeah, didn't, you know. But if, if there's a little piety, and this is what we're talking about, and this is what Prana was talking about yesterday also, about piety from a previous life. If you have some pious, if you have some punya, then you can actually appreciate it. But for the masses, someone that is materially successful, to them that's attractive. But if you're a spiritual person, then you can, you can appreciate that. Does that make sense to you? Auras are really quite interesting. I don't know if you've... Um, there's even some different photography that they do nowadays that can actually... Kirlian, yeah. And uh, so it's interesting. It's still material. You're still part of the material body. It's in line with the different chakras of your body and so on, the different colours and everything. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it is possible, you know, and, um, yeah, you can't you can see auras sometimes. Some Some individuals, some people can actually see it and they can... See, oh wow, that's an advanced personality. Uh, you can, especially sometimes you can actually pick it up when, say for example, you have someone like a Devamrita Maharaj or uh, any of the great Vaishnavas that we get to visit here and you see them sitting and there's like a glow coming from them, especially when they're intensely describing something Krishna conscious. It's like... Phew. But if you're very material in your own sense, then you can't see it so much necessarily. Does that answer your question, Prabhu? Is it okay? Do you want to add anything, Bhakti? No? Okay. Yes, Prabhu. Uh, yeah. uh, yeah. So in that uh, non sectarian attitude, many times uh, the devotees have come across a certain section of people 
who even after you know, receiving prasadam and all the loving care have not shown any gratitude. Mm-hmm. And in turn, they only attack everything. Yep. Now, although it's a small section of that group, but the problem, problematic part is that uh, the majority of the group has remained silent. They haven't come out to India and condemned the actions of the minorities of the group. Mm. Now, uh, having these things, uh, having heard these things and how the devotees were attacked, and not just devotees, many other people who were attacked, even after being in contact with them for a long time, Humility. Practice humility and love. That's all we can do. Or how do you? The only just, just, yeah. Basically speaking, as a devotee, we have to be humble, and we have to strive to love everyone. That doesn't mean that we necessarily have to go up to a person, but we have to remain humble in ourselves, irrespective of what a person is doing to us. You have great sages throughout the whole of history that people couldn't understand their spiritual message or you know, where the, what direction they were trying to go. You know? Like Prabhupada gives the example of Lord Jesus Christ. He simply wanted to pre- bring people to that point of understanding that God is beautiful and that our duty is to love and serve God. Right? That was his mission for those people in that particular... And, and they didn't agree with it to the extent where they, they nailed him up on a cross, the most horrible death you know and what was the last words that he uttered he said father forgive them because they don't know what they're doing you know so in our lifetime also there may come a time that we're in a predicament like these devotees that are in ukraine don't think that just because we're here in melbourne that the demoniac forces won't influence us also at some time in our life we have no control over that so we have to stay humble and always give love to another person. Not necessarily physically, but in your heart, even to your enemies. And this is, all the great sages have said that. Love your enemies. Prabhupada loved everybody. He didn't have a bad word for anybody. He may have chastised people, but it was a chastisement with love. We're sometimes not in that position to chastise. Like when I was doing that, that seminar, I just made my point and left it at that. I didn't push it any further and I still love those people and they still love me. So you just have to really be careful how you deal with people. It's with humility and with love. A Hare Krishna devotee is humble and is, it, it gives love to the other person. That's our goal. And that love is real love, it's spiritual love, it's love that's bound up with Radha and Krishna. And Krishna consciousness. Yes Bhakti? Yeah. And uh, we are all 
I understand what you mean, but again, you ha it's it's difficult. Like you know, if I go to uh, my my brothers and sisters in the Islamic tradition, you know, and I'm asked to have a partake in some festival, and you see them eating their meat and stuff, you know, and it's difficult. And but you still have to give them love, because Krishna still resides within the heart of that individual. So from a devotee point of view. You don't see the outer shell of that person anymore. You say, Krishna's in that person's heart. Let me talk to Krishna there, you know. And, so, and, and the thing that will win them over is your humility that you don't necessarily criticize them. You're not in a position to criticize. You just take it and then how much love you exude. Friendliness, friendship, building friendship, you know. I've mentioned that many times in class, you know, that the greatest thing that a devotee can do is develop friendships with people on the outside. Because when you've developed a friendship and they feel there's a genuine love coming from you and a genuine friendship, you're not asking for anything, it's just that, then they'll want to find out how is it possible that you can do that? If there's any sort of piety in them, if there's any sort of punya, they'll want to find out how is it possible that that person can still love me? How, how is it that he's so friendly? How is she or he or she is so friendly? And then that will make them inquire about your, your life, about Krishna consciousness. And they may not take it up in this lifetime. And you have to be happy with that. You have to be satisfied with that. Like I have a lot of Islamic friends and Christian friends and they appreciate me and they're my friendship. But my friendship to them will help them in their next lifetime. Because they, they have a sentiment towards me. And it's not me, it's the whole Krishna consciousness that they appreciate. And so that appreciation will set them fast. And that's the whole thing of punya again, of pious activities. Yeah. So just, just be really... I know it's difficult sometimes. We had one lady, we had a program at our house one time. And uh, oh, who was there? Sagra Maharaj. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. And, um, and, and the whole class was about vegetarianism and everything. And this Islamic lady came along and she said, yeah, but I like eating meat and I eat this kind of meat and I eat that kind of meat. And she just went on and on about meat. And we said, yep, thank you very much. That was really good. I'm glad you put, now have a plate of prasadam. And she loved the prasadam, you know. So this is our job. Somehow or other, we have to present the beauty of Krishna in any way we can to those people that we come in contact with. So it's either the, the, the actual uh, Krishna's personality of Krishna, the deity of Krishna, the books, prasadam, and you yourself. You also have to be beautiful. You have to radiate that effulgence. 
And you do that by following the process. the enjoyers. Yes, Matsya. That's right. Thank you very much, Prabhu. Srila Prabhupada Ki. Mel Mahaprabhu Mandir Ki. Chai Hare Krishna.